Okay, this is what you've all been waiting for. Since last time, at least. Issue 33, The Amazing Spider-Man with the banner across the top, The Final Chapter. So if you remember, last time we left Spider-Man, he was trapped under a bunch of machinery uh, with a serum that Aunt May needed to not die just out of his reach. And uh, he was, like, buried under a bunch of machinery. And he was, like, flat on his stomach... You know, it seemed like he had no hope of escaping. So, the, you know, this is uh, this cover, if you look it up, is what I just described. Spider-Man under all this machinery, water cascading off him and stuff like that. And, you know, this is like one of the very early iconic Spider-Man stories where it's like, against all odds, can Spider-Man succeed? You know what I mean? Is this, the odds have never been so stacked against him. Never has so much relied much like the red wheelbarrow of William Carlos Williams probably so much relies on a little red and blue spider-man sitting under a bunch of machines <laughs> um inside the first page we have possibly one of the most thoroughly satisfying spider-man sagas you have ever thrilled to possibly one of the most thoroughly satisfying as, as bombastic as Stan Lee is, I was like, this is a fairly tame claim. It's possible that this will be one of the most thoroughly satisfying. Thoroughly satisfying is like a, a positive review, but it's not like a passionate positive. It's just like a, you know, like you should be really happy to get a review that says, you know what? That was thoroughly satisfying. That should be like an amazing compliment. But it, somehow it's not the same as like that. That gave me that gave me a comic book stiffy. You know what I mean? It's one of the Spider-Man sagas I've thrilled to, by which I mean jacked to. Okay. Somehow that's that's more satisfying. We also have a balloon that's script and editing Stan Lee, plot and illustration Steve Ditko, bordering and lettering Artie Simic. And reading and enjoying, colon, that old web spinner, you. <laughs> so, this is a little like, Times Man of the Year is you. Congratulations on uh, being that. You know, Hitler was also that, but uh, take it for what it's worth. Uh, so anyway, Spider-Man is like, you know, trying to get out. He's imagining, trying, you know, uh, there's no way and whatever and He's picturing Aunt May and Uncle Ben, and he's like, oh, Uncle Ben's dead, and now Aunt May's going to be dead. And so then he's like, well, fuck it. I got to do it. Um, I'll read these balloons, these iconic balloons. Within my body is the strength of many men. Many men, many men. And now I've got to call on all that strength, all that power that I possess. I must prove equal to the task. I must be worthy of that strength, or else I don't deserve it. The weight is unbearable. Every muscle aches. My head, it's spinning. Everything's beginning to whirl around. The strain, it's unbearable. The crack in the ceiling, it's growing wider, getting bigger every second. I'll never make it. I can't. No, I dare not give up now. If I close my eyes, I'll go under. Must stay awake. Must clear my head. Keep trying. Trying. I'll do it, Aunt May. I won't fail you no matter what. I won't fail. Anyone can win a fight when the odds are easy. It's when the going's tough. When there seems to be no chance, that's when it counts. Everything going black, my head aching. Hold on, I must hold on. It's moving. 
Can't stop now. Last chance. Must keep the momentum. More. Just a little more. And then, as the agonizing ache in his limbs seems unendurable, as his superbly muscled body suffers the torment of a virtually indescribable ordeal, from out of the pain, from out of the agony, comes triumph. I did it. I'm free. Now, all right. I've had, I have a relationship with this moment. Because on the one hand, it's like an iconic moment, and it kind of encapsulates what Spider-Man's all about, right? Uh, anyone can win a fight when the odds are easy. It's when the going's tough. That's when it counts. Uh, that seems like the sort of Spider-Man ethos, right? Underdog story, all that shit. Um, on the other hand, I guess I find it weird because, like, I've read this before, and my memory of it was that he was trapped under this machinery a lot longer than being out of it on page five. So he gets, he's basically trapped at the end of the previous issue, and by page five, he's out from underneath it. And for some reason, I guess I thought it was like he was stuck under it for the entire issue almost, you know, and just as, you know, the water has risen to the level where it's like up to his face and like all this stuff, but that's not what really happens. <laughs> um, you know, there's just some water around. And uh, I guess I just remember it as being more harrowing and horrifying than it was. However, you know, because, I, because I'm a fan of this stuff and, you know, I like, I like this cheesy older stuff. And I do have something to say about that that's positive, which is like, I think what's kind of fun and interesting about reading these older comics is you get to see that, like, basically they were just like throwing everything at the wall to see what sticks, right? Like, when they were writing this story, I don't necessarily know they thought it would have this sort of uh, place in Spider-Man history, right? And so, like, if they'd known, they probably would have drawn it out a little more and been like, we could make an entire issue out of this. You know, we could make a meal out of this one sort of thing. Him trying to throw this thing off his back. Cut to Aunt May for a page. Then we cut back to Spidey. The water's risen. Then we cut to, you know, Dr. Connors and he's trying to do something and he's remembering how Spider-Man helped him out. So he wants to help Spider-Man cut back, you know, and really, uh, really bring it to a head. But at the same time, I kind of appreciate that they didn't do that, that they were a little bit more like, you know what, man, we're just going to like, we're going to write every issue like as if it could be the last, because I guess at this time it really could have been, you know what I mean? Um, so anyway, Spider-Man escapes from underneath and then he gets sort, you know, the water comes rushing in and sweeps him away. Uh, and he just kind of goes limp and also is like, okay, this is, I, I'm just going to take a moment to rest as my body is propelled through this hallway. Cause maybe I'll be able to like carry on physically. Also, he says, uh, he can hold his breath far longer than a normal man, but not forever. And I've always suspected this was the power a spider had. Because, like, if you've ever flushed one down the toilet, I'm like, I don't know, it seems like maybe... Maybe it's just because spiders seem monstrous. <laughs> like, do they need to breathe? I mean, can they breathe or just have thoughts of trying to kill you through biting? And that will sustain them the same way oxygen does? But, like, he gets out. You know, the thing kind of shoots him out into this larger room. And uh, 
Then there's like some scuba men who come attack him. And then there's some, you know, non-scuba men who are just kind of waiting for him on the edge of this pool that he came out of. Uh, once a hallway, now a pool. And here's what is interesting to me is I'm like, okay, at this point, they don't know where Dr. Octopus is or the master planner. Uh, they know that the entire base is underwater. And it's like, I got to give master planner slash Dr. Octopus must be a good supervisor because like I would peace out at this point. If I went into work and then I was like, the entire place is underwater. And then a guy came out of the water and was like, I did that fighting your fist fighting your boss. I don't know if I'd be like, I'll fucking kill you. I think I'd be like, well, I think I'm going to call the cops, but like, I don't think I'm going to physically try to restrain this person. Like that seems like a terrible idea, but whatever Dr. Octopus has done must be some very effective supervision. So Spider-Man's getting his ass kicked. And then we find out this is all part of his plan. They've fallen into his trap by beating the shit out of him because basically he's like resting by getting his ass kicked and not fighting. Uh, Cause he's like, my spider powers will allow me to absorb these blows without taking too many. I don't know that doesn't hurt me. Um, and then, you know, once I've got my second wind, I'll just start punching and whatever. Uh, kind of weird. Pretty, also pretty insulting if you were the, the guys who were trying to beat the shit out of him and you're like, oh, he's just going to like, it would be like if you were fighting a boxer who was just like, I'm just going to let you punch me as much as you want because you can't hurt me uh, until I'm not tired. <laughs> but anyway, he gets a second win and he just starts kind of wildly windmill punching everybody. And the fight's not going too well for him. And he's kind of up in his head thinking about Aunt May or whatever and just throwing punches and, you know, seeing stars and whatever. And then it kind of cuts to a panel. It's a perfect comedy cut of it's just him throwing fists and whatever. And then it's him throwing fists, but everybody's already on the ground knocked out. And I'm like, this is like a great scene from a, a superhero movie where it's just like he's just wildly fighting. And then it is like, oh, I guess I won. So he limps away. He gets the serum to Dr. Connors. Dr. Connors uses the serum to make some other goo. And, you know, Spider-Man is like, call the hospital, tell them I'm coming with a thing that you made. So the doctor, when he gets there, is like, a, spider, a guy in a Spider-Man costume comes flying in the window and is like, I have a thing for one of your patients. And the doctor's like, it's cool, this other doctor who was once a lizard man called me before and uh, said this was fine. So I'm just going to inject this into her, I guess. Um, I guess let's let this serve as part of my living will. If I'm in the hospital and a man in a Spider-Man costume comes flying in the window and is like, hey, this doctor who used to be a lizard man made this serum. Please inject it into Pete. Um, if I'm like awake and alive, let's say no. But if I'm on death's door, eh, let's just go for it. You know what I mean? If it's like, well, I mean, he's going down any way you look at this. There's no way that is not ending in his demise. So why not inject the serum? You know, it's probably going to end up being some kind of weird liquefied bath salts. But uh, well, whatever. You know what I mean? 
Um, so they give it to Aunt May. Peter Parker takes some pictures, sells them to J. Jonah Jameson. He's taking pictures of the of the master planner, Dr. Octopus Henchman, and they're just kind of like sheepishly walking into, you know, the car to take them to jail. And the cop is standing there with like a hand on his hip pointing at the the paddy wagon and is just like, go on, get in there. And I was like, these guys like an hour ago were all set to fight Spidey to the death. And now there's like one, you know, dumpy cop just telling them, get it. All right, go, let's go to jail. And they're like, okay. <laughs> I don't understand. I'm like, if you were like, this is our chance to escape. I think one dumpy police officer is your chance to escape, not Spider-Man. Given the choice of which one, I'm like, which one do I have to go toe-to-toe with knowing nothing else? I know which one I'll choose. Um, Spider-Man successfully sells some pictures, and then uh, he's all beat to shit. And Betty Brant sees him, and he says, you know, it's whatever. Sometimes I get slapped around. It's part of the job. And this triggers this, like, you know, memory of her brother, uh she lost because he wanted to live dangerously and now she's like oh and then I couldn't do that again like I can't live that life again which is what he was trying to do in the last issue if you remember he was trying to get Betty to not like him by being a dick uh, because he was like it would break her heart because you know I'm living this dangerous life that I can't give up as Spider-Man so it kind of works but it's like the worst idea ever and uh You know, she runs away crying in classic romantic comic fashion and is like, why? (laughs) Why do you have that stubborn streak? Why can't you stick to your studies? Why must you always crave action? Why? (laughs) I've had so many women run away from me asking why I must always crave (laughs) the limelight, the action, the dangerous life that I live. Uh, My partner, Poonmaster, flexes in the room laughing. Sort of trying not to laugh, but sort of just laughing. (laughs) Um, You know, Aunt May is saved. The day is saved. Everything is great. And the doctor watches Peter Parker limping away and is like, that Peter Parker certainly is a nice boy. He's sincere, well-mannered, and devoted to his aunt. Too bad there aren't many more young men like that. Too bad someone like him can't be an idol for teenagers to imitate instead of some mysterious unknown thrill-seeker like Spider-Man. And that kind of ends this iconic issue, and then we're promised Craven the Hunter next time. Um, so yeah, this is like one of the early issues that is like genuinely got sort of the iconic story. I mean, and this story has been repeated a lot. You know, there's a time when Spider-Man like was holding up most of a building, that was collapsing. There was a time he uh, made an airplane's landing gear work. You know, he kind of has a habit of something is collapsing and he runs underneath to hold it up to save somebody. And uh, I think that all kind of goes back to this issue. So it's had like reverberations through the comics through many years. So I think that makes it kind of a, an interesting note in Spider-Man history. But it's also just so interesting that it was like so quickly dealt with. And it feels like now this would be like a 10-issue arc or something. When is he going to get out from underneath that? It's it's almost like 
I want to make a pitch to Marvel to write my Spider-Man story. And what my Spider-Man story is, is a 10-issue arc where he spends the entire time under this machine and then gets out at the very end. And that's, you know, my 10 issues. Because I'm like, I think that was underexplored territory. But on the other hand, it ended up being such a, like, you know, major thing, a major motif in Spider-Man history that I'm probably wrong. And maybe underdoing it was doing it. Uh, let's hope that that's true and that that's true for me as a person and everything I do as well, because I underdo everything. And if underdoing it is doing it, I'm going to be a-okay. Like a vinyl 